For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. And it is election night in America, a.k.a. International Laugh at Us Day. Uh, and then Elijah and I are here. We said, let's let's just talk about something that doesn't have to deal with the United States of America. Uh, so we went to Newcastle. and we, we, also, we also said, let's talk about something that has nothing to do with old white men. And like Newcastle is as far away from old white. Well, actually, I guess uh, Steve Bruce is old uh, and white. Yeah, yeah. So it's Mike Ashley. So maybe, yeah, that one didn't land. Also, yeah. want to point out, I, I ruined Greg's intro, but I want to point out the fact that Greg, on our previous pod, the recap pod, which now the people know was recorded earlier today, yeah. he said it was election day in America. Mm. He said happy election day. And now he was like, happy election night. So yeah. now people know that we've recorded this pod on the same the same, I guess the same day, but at different times. So shout out to Greg. Yeah. And shout out to you. Give yourself the intro. Do it. Let's go. Best damn co-host in the land. Elijah Newsom at your your service. Excited to be here. Um, You know, drinking a little George's own scoff law. If you don't know about that scoff law life, I can't mess with you. Um, But the Atlanta United boys who are. Well, a lot of people don't know about it though. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't mess with them, though. I mean, oh. that's, that's the rules. I can't wow. mess with you. But, I mean, the, now those people who didn't know, they now know that scoff law is a thing that they that exists. And you got to come down to Georgia and try it. They make some uh, darn good beers. Yep. That's my uh, hot take there. Darn good beers. That should be one of their advertisements. Uh, okay. So let, we, have, we have a lot to go over today. We have some COVID updates. We have some kit sponsor updates kit maker updates we have a southampton preview for friday's match we have a lot of odds and ends a bs meter so let's get right into it and let's start with our first topic which is the that england's in a lockdown and the premier league doesn't care yeah, they, they do not. They, they're like, oh, England, you're in a lockdown. We don't care. Um, yeah. I think the biggest thing from this, like I figured that uh, England would be like, well, sorry, the FA and in the Premier League would obviously want to make money. I think the biggest thing that sucks is that this just means like it's an even longer delay for fans to get back into the stadiums, which it was already going to be a delay. But like now it's it's I don't think we'll see fans in the stadium this season unless there is some sort of cure or uh or vaccine that comes out uh, early next year. 
I I don't know. I, I don't know, Greg. I don't I don't know your thoughts. I mean, obviously in the states, we've kind of just decided that we don't care and COVID doesn't exist. So we've got fans back in limited capacity, but I don't think there's going to be any fans uh, in any Premier League match um, for the foreseeable, well, at least for the for for the foreseeable for future. Yeah, at, yeah, at so, least at least that. But but definitely, I think until maybe March or April is when we get fans back in seats. So the uh, lockdown was announced that it's going to start on Thursday, November fifth, and it's going to go until Wednesday, December second, and. Uh, Boris Johnson, the prime minister, did confirm that Premier League fixtures will be continued. Um, the culture secretary, Oliver Olivier, Olivier Dowden. Oh, that's not how you spell Oliver. So Olivier Dowden um, posted on social media and he said that elite football would continue to be played and that teams can continue to make overnight stays ahead of away fixtures. So that there's still open airs, like what's happening with the other levels of, of football. Like, will like the EFL be allowed to be played? Like, what's what's the issue with that? We already do know, and we'll we'll talk to this later that the uh, Newcastle United women's will have to postpone their season until at least December second. Um, but it, there's a lot of non-league sides who are still in the FA Cup. So, like, what's going to go on with that? So, yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot to discuss. There's still a lot to figure out, but the lockdown, like it or not, y'all, starts on Thursday. So that means you have no excuse to listen to us because you're literally just sitting at home all day. So like, like, subscribe, share our podcast. Um, what better way to, to be in lockdown than listen to two Americans talk about your club? Yeah, I mean, that, nothing soothes the soul like hearing yeah. Americans give their opinions on things that don't really affect them. That's uh, that's a that's the American dream right there. Oh, Elijah. Mm-hmm. I meant to leave with this, but happy birthday, oh. Kellen Watts. Happy birthday, Kellen Watts. Yes, I thought you were going to yeah. say happy birthday to me, and I was like, you are a few months late, but thank you. But yeah, sure, we'll say happy birthday, Kellen Watts. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. He's twenty-one today. Oh, hey, he can drink in America. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> he can now drink yeah. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> you, well, you made it. <laughs> but anywhere that there is a drinking age you've made it wait time um, out he, he can definitely drink in the middle east uh a lot of those places ban alcohol though interesting he can drink in lebanon that's all i know yeah, they've yeah. got alcohol in lebanon yeah they, uh, they've got some, some good stuff apparently some countries well i'm sure you could still find it you know i'm sure okay anyway um let's get to the next thing is there anything you want to say on the lockdown but we'll hear more information and probably update. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of Newcastle fans who are frustrated with the lockdown and how it's been handled so far. And well, just, I guess, COVID in general in the UK. Um, and I think this is a, a solid reset for them, I guess. Like, I mean, everything's shut down now. There's not like a picking and choosing. Like previously, there was like, oh, you can't see your grandmother, but you can go to the bars. Now it's like, no, you can't do anything. So I guess that's good for them. There's a little bit of, of clarity. Um, I mean, I can't say the same for the States because I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to something that I really need your take on. Okay. Uh, it's looking like Puma will be no more as Newcastle United's kit supplier. Uh, and it will be sportswear brand Castor, uh, mm-hmm. whose first major venture into 
football uh, as a four-year deal with Glasgow Rangers. And mm-hmm. that was announced for 25 mil in May. Uh, it's a Liverpool-based company. Apparently, there's a well, there's rumors that Sports Sports Direct owns a stake in the company, um, but the owner denied that, saying that we have investors who like to remain private. Our biggest investor investor is one of the wealthiest families in the UK. For the record, it's not Mike Ashley, despite some of the things I've read online in the last couple of weeks. Um, so that sounds like it's not him, but, uh, Phil being Tom's brother graduated from Newcastle university and that's, and he got a law degree there and started, or that started the initial funding for Kestor. Um, Elijah, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, uh, they haven't really, they've only really had an opportunity, like you said, with Rangers, um, haven't done anything like controversial. I would say kind of the likes when Umbro got into Premier League, played it really safe. So I'd imagine whatever we get next year is going to be fairly safe. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I think what I've learned is that it doesn't matter who makes the kit for Newcastle. Um, and even if it looks good or bad, fans will still buy it. So I'm not at all concerned in terms of like, is this going to be a, a bad move for the club or a good move for the club? It's five million pounds a year, reportedly. Um, and there's been some concept kits that have kind of floated out there. They all look fine. They all look like normal Newcastle kits with a little bit of a gold trim. Um, but obviously, when you get into kits, the the, thir- the second and third kits are always the ones that, um, you know, can get a little little weird. But again, they're probably going to play it safe. It's probably not going to be a big deal. It's not like Newcastle fans were super pumped about Puma kits. And it's not like they're super pumped about Adidas or Nike kits either. Like they roast kits Adidas and Nike make. So, I mean, I don't know. It's not a huge deal. Whatever. Get it done. I'm glad the club's making money. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Like, I don't know. I, you have to think that, like, five mil a year is not a lot. You'd have to think that Adidas or Nike uh, would see the potential of the fan base and offer more money. But if that truly did not happen, then I can't be upset with this deal. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, yeah, it's just interesting. I'm looking at, like, Rangers kits and, uh, for this year and yeah I just don't I mean I mean Rangers kid isn't really like it's not it's, gonna change the game it's not a yeah exactly and, and neither is Newcastle I mean it's just black and white stripes so I mean yeah. like there's only so much you can do and when you are starting off in the industry and you're you're trying to make a name for yourself just keep it simple keep it quality kits you're caring more about quality than anything else keep it simple keep the kids quality blah blah etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and try to get more business. Like, there's, they're not going to try to do anything crazy with Newcastle. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how it fits, like, for the fans. That's probably going to be the biggest, yeah. like, thing. Because, you know, Umbro kits, they run a little smaller. And Puma kits are tight. But Adidas kits are a little bit – like, there's that. But other than that, I mean, it's what it is. They haven't screwed up Rangers kit, so, I mean. No. All right. Well, then that's good news, then. We have good news in the kit world. Uh, yeah. The other update is the lawsuit – with the Premier League from the fan consortium. Uh, today was the day where we were supposed to get some sort of response from the Premier League. That has not happened. They, uh, The Premier League did ask for a 14-week stay before any legal action could be taken. Uh, what's your thoughts on this, Elijah? I mean, it makes sense. Uh, our friend Red Rose Michelle, we're saying she's a friend because she was on the False Nines. So yeah. I'm just going to say she's a friend of the, of the network. Um, she, uh, she, she mentioned like, I mean, it, when you're talking about something this complex, like to give a two week kind of turnaround, like 
the the group did is a bit ridiculous. So it makes sense that the, the Premier League's asking for an extension. Um, they might ask for another one, something like this. She said could take up to three months to kind of decipher through and figure out. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be too concerned. Um, it is interesting and good to know that this group that sent this off is so very much involved on Twitter and, and letting the fans know what's going on. Again, I don't know if this is going to be the, I went to the straw that breaks the camel's back, but I don't know if this is going to be the, uh, the, the, the lawsuit that's worth like really covering because I don't really know where this is going to go. I'm still not that hundred percent certain on how credible the lawyers are, all that kind of crap. I'm really wondering what Mike Ash is going to do. So I'm, I'm focusing my attention towards that, Greg, if that makes sense. I mean, this is, this is fine and all, but I don't think anything's going to really come of this particular lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't either at all. <laughs> um, they don't have much ground to stand on, um, especially when it wasn't the premier league that uh, canceled the bid. It was the bidders that backed out. So hard to, claim an issue with competition when i don't know i will we'll, we'll just see how it plays out yeah, yeah i mean that's the thing we I, we still don't really know that much about this lawsuit either like we mm-hmm. know that's kind of the grounds for it but we don't know their angle their argument is the argument that like you have solid evidence that other teams were conflicting with like this deal like if that's if that's the case they have solid evidence that like other teams had some sort of influence over whether or not this deal happens or not then yeah we have a case and we're in the and we're in we're in business, but for now, I'm going to trust the fact that whatever Mike Ashley's legal team with Blackstone, who they deal with this on a regular basis, I'm just going to trust their argument over two random guys who've got a decent lawyer, it seems. Um, but I'm just going to trust the the big guns here. Uh, and, and I don't know if that I don't feel like that's not a hot take, but you know, in Newcastle world, you never know. Everything seems to be a hot take nowadays. <laughs> exactly. Uh, cool. So let's let's take a break then. And we'll we'll preview Southampton, and then after that we'll do BS meter, odds and ends, all that fun stuff. Sound good? Sounds perf. All right, let's take a break right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, Newcastle United face off against Southampton, the Saints. Uh, no one likes Saints <laughs> at all. I mean, I, I, I mean, I like the song "Oh When the Saints Go Marching In." That's a fun one. Yeah, it's yeah for them. That's fine, but everybody sings that now. It's just like weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's my fun. take. Like, don't say it if you're not the Saints. Anyway, um, <laughs> for this match, it's uh, Martin Dubravka's out, White Gale's out, Matt Ritchie's out, John Joe Shelby's out. It's um, it's a twelve o'clock Pacific Standard Time, three o'clock Eastern, eight p.m. British start. Um, it remains to be seen if Danny Ings is available after uh, injuring his knee, but uh, Mohammed. Salisu, Salisu, yeah. Um, Will Smallbone and Musa Jigenipo, uh are all currently injured. Uh, they lost their first, so Saints lost their first two Premier League outings, and they've gone on a five straight unbeaten run. Um, Brian Bertrand's also out, but I don't know if that's okay. really that relevant. So yeah, 
I miss I miss that one. Might be, might be. It was it was hidden. It was hidden. It was hidden. <laughs> they didn't want you to know about it. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about this one, Elijah. Break it down. What what is Newcastle? What's Newcastle going to do here? This is an interesting one because this is that weird situation we talked about on the recap where this is a team that Newcastle should maybe try not to sit back against. And Newcastle have ironically had their best match of the season sitting back against the team. Uh, So maybe I could see Steve Bruce going out and sitting back against Southampton because, um, like you said, they started off the season with a couple losses. But since then, they've been really good. Um, I mean – Impressive wins over Aston Villa. I mean, that's the scoreline. It was 4-3. But if you were watching the match, I mean, like Southampton absolutely dominated that match from start to finish. They were toe-to-toe with Chelsea 3-3. Uh, obviously beat Everton 2-0. Uh, beat West Brom 2-0. Beat Burnley 1-0. So, like, there, there's some attacking ability in the Southampton side. Again, though, it's important to recognize that Danny Ings is a huge part of this team. And if he's not playing, that does bode in Newcastle's favor. Um, I, I'm not, I don't have a ton of faith in the Southampton defense, but again, they've, they've had a couple clean sheets, um, three clean sheets in their last five matches. So they're probably capable of, of slowing down teams with, with a solid attack. So, I mean, for Newcastle, this match, I think the important thing is kind of like that same sense of defensive solidity. And if you can get that in the four in the back formation, that's ideal. But if it takes a five in the back formation to get that defensive solidity and try to hit teams on the counter, then by all means, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm not going to be upset if we come out five in the back against Southampton, especially with the run of the, the, the form they're in right now. Like I, I wouldn't be upset about it because I would know that Newcastle are going to defend well. If we come out four in the back, I'm going to be a little bit nervous because we have not defended well with four in the back formations this season. Um, so I think that'd be the big thing for me, defensive solidity, and that can lead to Newcastle picking up a draw or potentially picking up a win. Yeah, um, it, it's going to be that. Yeah, Danny Ings being out it would be huge. Uh, the big thing Newcastle needs to to work on, and I hope this is being um, like talked about every single day, is whatever you do under any circumstance, the last thing you do is foul Southampton right outside the box because James Ward-Prowse is going to score. He's a beast. <laughs> uh, so don't, don't do it. No, Former no. Foul FIFA wonder kid. Yeah. Don't, don't do I it. Forget. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> um, a beast. But that was yeah. like a FIFA 14 wonder kid. He was a monster dude. He was, geez. He's one. Of, oh man. Wow. I'm now I'm starting to get like throwback vibes. Cause I just remember <laughs> that was like one of the first guys I remember being like a FIFA wonder kid, James Ward-Prowse. And Stefan El Shirawi, those guys, mm-hmm. beast in like FIFA 14 or 15. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, he's a beast outside the box. And also just one of the more creative players in the Premier League. I think a little bit underrated because he's on Southampton. But when you look at his numbers throughout the years, he's had solid numbers uh, for Southampton the past few seasons. And when you watch him play, he's always one of the most dangerous players on the pitch, especially when it comes to creating chances for others. He may not be bagging goals all the time, but he's definitely still – like one of the more dangerous players uh, in the Southampton side. Yeah. Um, well, is there any other players you want to shout out? Like, so, so actually I'll say this. If, if Danny Ings doesn't start, who, who is going to replace him? You're asking me who's going to replace him or, I mean, yeah. So they do run that two up top Adam with, sorry. Wow. Two up top formation with Shea Adams. Yeah. Um, I think last time maybe? they br- 
Yes, but I'm pretty sure they brought in uh, Shane. I think they might have brought in Shane Long. Okay. Let me look. Yeah. They brought in Shane Long for Danny Ings the last time. And he's a guy who's been in Southampton for a while. Another wonder kid, but this one not as good as James Ward-Prowse. So I could see Shane Long starting. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options they have uh, going forward with uh, – not a lot, a few options a few options they have going forward. I, I would lean towards Shane Long because he's kind of the more familiar player with Southampton in the system. And he's obviously a solid player, good attacker. Um, and I could also see Southampton switching up the formation. And instead of going with the two two up top, going like four two three one because they have the midfielders to do that as well. So, um, and James Ward-Prowse is a guy who he can play all over the midfield. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, mean, I think that'll be interesting to see how they do that. I personally believe Jay, uh, that Danny Ings will not be playing this weekend. Um, I think right now we're in a decent an interesting situation for Newcastle, although they are in 11th or 10th. I can't remember. Um, teams are still saying like, this is a team that we don't really need to play our best players for. So, like, there's no reason to play Danny Ings. If you've looked at Everton, like, yes, they had to rotate because of yellow cards uh, – sorry, red cards and, and things like that. But there was no real reason to sit Jordan Pickford. Um, but they felt like they could win without their number one keeper. So that's something to, to keep into consideration uh, when new, especially early on in the season. Like, I could see Southampton doing a similar thing where they may not play some players that you would imagine are playing for them all the time, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Okay, so what does Newcastle have to do to win? I kind of alluded to earlier, it's that defensive solidity. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing um, I have noticed in Newcastle's last two matches is that, like, you know, yes, they go up a lot of shots and all that kind of stuff, but the defensive solidity is something that is needed for Newcastle to have a chance. Um, It seems like unless there's a team like when we played West Ham, that just is just absolutely awful and, and complete disarray. Like you have to start with the solid defensive foundation. If you want to have a chance, if you're Newcastle, um, they're not really able to start by just going at teams and, and really taking advantage of like the attacking talent they have. They really do need to sit back, absorb pressure and then attack. Um, so that defense lady is going to be huge. Um, and especially with the team like Southampton who's scored, quite a few goals in their passing matches. Uh, so you want to make sure you want to keep them frustrated and keep them on their toes and, and make it as hard as possible for them to score because that then, you know, you get those frustration shots and you get those, those ridiculous bounces that go your way. And then boom, before you know, you're on a counter and Miguel Amron and Alex and Maxman are combining for a goal. That's what you want to see. <laughs> That's exactly what you want to see. Um, it's it's going to be a tough one. For Newcastle, I think a lot of a lot of people are assuming that there's going to be goals in this one. Just by the way, Southampton have played recently. Uh, I think, I mean, I wouldn't mind lining up in the same exact formation that we did mm-hmm. against Everton, and uh, hoping that Ings doesn't play. That's going to be a big advantage to us. Uh, but re- really, just like defend and, and yeah, like you said, hit him hit him with the counter. And we only, I think, this could be a match where we only need one to to do it. Um, yeah contrary to the history of this match and how Southampton plays recently. If you look at the last times that we've gone to St. Mary's, uh, the last two times have been how I'm describing. Last time we, we won, uh, St. Maximin got the goal, one nothing. Uh, then we drew 0-0 the year before, and then 2-2, 3-1, and then we lost 4-0, 4-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, 
2-1-3-3-3-0-1-1-1-3. So, like, it, it's, there's goals in this, uh, especially when we go to St. Mary's, just the last two times haven't. However, I think that last two is a recent trend that will continue. Uh, so going to yeah. 538, they are very heavy on Southampton. Um, 538 is saying there's a 52% chance that Southampton wins this match, a 25% chance that it's a draw, and a 23% chance that Newcastle wins. So very heavy South on Southampton for this one. Elijah, what you got? I mean, are you talking about my prediction? Yeah. Is that what we're doing right now? Um, yeah. I, 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 have to, I have to come out and say this um, because you just asked me this. So I, I guess that's the reason I'm saying this. Um, but I, I think that there's something to be said about, like, that frustrating um, – and this is, like – I think this is the beauty of – like when Newcastle defend well, is that it is really tough to create chances and um, against a team that sits as as like they sit back like Newcastle, the five back formation with everyone who's completely disciplined with the midfield that wants to work hard with attackers that are fine working hard and defending. It's really hard to create chances. And there's a reason that there's only a few teams that have been able to create chances when Newcastle sit back. It's Liverpool and it's Manchester City and Leicester City at some times, but like really it's teams with great attack, uh, attacking prowess and a great midfield and just great top to bottom. Southampton, as great as they have been, they are not at that level. There's a, they're like outside of James Ward Prowse, you have to wonder where the offense is coming from for Southampton. There's, there's, there's players here and there. There's some guys who are solid, you know, but at the end of the day, it's not, it's not the level of, of attacking talent that Liverpool or Man City or Chelsea have where those guys, like, their midf- all of their midfield and all of their attackers can beat you 1v1 and create chances for themselves. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a low-scoring match, kind of same as the trend has usually been for Newcastle and Southampton in the past couple of matches. Sorry, past couple of years. And I'm going to go, it's going to be a 1-0 Newcastle loss. I think mm-hmm. Southampton grabbed one. I don't know how they do it. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I'm just not feeling super confident that Newcastle are going to be able to create a lot of chances. I do think they'll be able to sit back and defend well, but there's always just that un, there's added, that added element of uncertainty. Um, and when a team is hot, they're hot. I mean, it's really hard to slow down a hot team. Um, and Everton, like, we got Everton. They were a hot team. We got them when they had already been slowed down, like, so it's not fair to expect that, oh, yeah, this is another hot team like Everton. We should be able to slow. No, no. Southampton's hot, and I don't know who's going to slow them down. It could be Newcastle, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be Newcastle. I think it's going to be a 1-0 loss. Nothing crazy. Um, but, again, I wouldn't be upset about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, think, uh, I think this one is going into the boring books of a 0-0 draw. I'm really feeling it. Really am. Uh, there's international break coming up. Uh, Southampton would then still go six straight unbeaten. Um, and with an injury, I, I, with Ings being out, and as long as Newcastle doesn't make any severe mistakes, I think that's that what will happen. So let's hope my prediction is more likely. Let's hope none of our predictions are likely and we win 4-0. Uh, but that's at least our thoughts right now. Yeah, and I mean it could happen. I mean, like there was there was glimpses of Newcastle attack looking good. There was just like a we got to finish these chances. The final pass, it, it, Wolves. The, the final pass was the big issue, but 
excuse me, yeah. last week, it just seemed like they were kind of like they were knocking on the door of being able to score two, three goals, and they ended up scoring two goals. So, I mean, it's possible Newcastle could win this match, but I yeah. just think Southampton's so hot right now, it's going to be really tough to slow them down. Yeah, their last five matches, you have uh, a 1-0 win against Burnley, 2-0 win against West Brom, 3-3 draw to Chelsea, 2-0 win against Everton, and a 4-3 win against Aston Villa. So it's a lot of points. It's a lot of points and a lot of goals. That's the big thing. You you went three goals and you followed that up with four goals. And before that, you had two goals. That's a lot of goals. That's more goals than Newcastle scored all season. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough. Yeah, in their last five matches, they've scored 12. So that, that will do. <laughs> okay. That'll do. We're going to take a break. We're going to transition to the BS meter, odds and ends, fun stuff. Uh, stay tuned, and we will be back right after this break. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, we live with the BS meter. We're getting closer and closer to January. Elijah, who we have today? What's on yeah, the um, Yeah, uh, so Newcastle were recently linked to a, a fullback, a right-back, an attacking fullback. Um, his name is Jed Spence. He's an English player. Uh, he's currently at Middlesbrough. I, and I don't know if I'm saying that right. He's had a, a decent season so far. I mean, when you get the fullbacks, as if you're a longtime listener of, of, of CHN radio or just like a recent one as of like the last two seasons or something like that, um, you would know, like, we are not really the best at gauging fullback talent because it's hard to gauge. I mean, uh, we thought Antonio Barreca was going to be the next big thing. Turns out he was not. Uh, so same situation here. Um, potential January move. Transfer mark value has him at just under 2 million pounds. Um, I don't know, Greg, what you think of this. Um, I don't know if, if right back's a need for Newcastle, but we're linked to him. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say this is agent season, and this is absolute BS. Okay. Yeah, there's just no – I just don't see how this link – I there's no way that Newcastle even know who this person is. That's what I'm convinced. I don't know. I mean, there's there's a host of teams interested in him. He's a good fullback for a championship club. So I think that people know who he is. But I no, think I'm for not me – I'm I'm just saying Newcastle does not. I don't know. I, I don't know. Newcastle seemed <laughs> to be a team that, like – they they know of some of the hot English prospects. It's just whether or not they're actually going to pursue these guys. And in this situation, I don't think Newcastle are going to. It, it, this makes sense for Newcastle just because not only do you have two competent right backs and Emil Kraft and and uh, Javi Manquillo, but Jacob Murphy is somehow emerged as an excellent right wing back. And so if you're looking for an offensive fullback, you kind of already have one, uh, and you already really you already have two. Uh, so it, this doesn't make sense for me for that reason is that like, I'm sure Newcastle are aware of this player because there's a ton of teams interested in him. But I think the big thing for me is like, that's just not a position of need for right now. Like if anything, if this guy was a left back, then sure. But right now, I mean, we don't need a right back. Yeah. All right. Who we got All next? Right. 
Yeah. Uh, next player is one Oberlin Pineda, which mm. Newcastle, not Newcastle fans, but American fans may know him. Uh, he's been a guy who's risen up the ranks in the Mexican national team. He's been solid, uh, starting to get some more opportunities there. Has had a really good season for Cruz Azul. Um, and he's a guy who can play right wing. He can play a little bit of central midfielder. He was actually a bit of a holding midfielder. Uh, when he first came to Cruz Azul, which is a, it's a little odd because this guy's only like 5'5", five, five, but he plays on either side of the wing, left wing, right wing, tricky winger, very fast, um, able to create a lot of chances, and comes out of the Mexico league, uh, sorry, the Mexican league, Liga Mekki. Uh, interesting one for me because Liga Mekki is not a, a league where guys usually make the jump straight from Liga Mekki to the Premier League. Uh, usually guys don't even make the jump from Liga Mekki to Europe. I mean, it's kind of rare they make that jump. There's only a couple guys who are Mexican who went straight from – the Mexican league to a European team. And it's like area Italian league, Portuguese league and Spanish league, not really a jump to the premier league, but there's a host of clubs interested in this guy. Um, so far this season, he's got a goal and assist and 15 appearances. And I think Tottenham, Newcastle, Everton, uh, the, a lot of mid table teams and some guys in the upper, t- in the upper half of the table are interested in him. Greg thoughts on this. Uh, so I, I don't doubt that Newcastle are linked to him and have expressed interest. I just extremely doubt that he he's going to come here. Um, it does seem like some sort of a match because of like there there's this like, yeah you know, Almiron would be an interesting player to link up with. There, I mean there's there's plenty of examples there, right? But um, I I think that like he's linked to Spurs and Arsenal's like I mean everything mentions Arsenal as well, so. I think that's going to be the, the the more likely option for him, and then uh, I think we'll we'll get we'll get lost in the, that that one. Will, I think I think it's BS solely because I just don't think Newcastle's going to win the race. Well, I mean, I also I'm going to take the agent route in this one. I mean, you've got a guy who's having a, a decent season. I mean, obviously not numbers wise. I mean, it's okay numbers wise, but a guy who's ready to take the next step and. Um, we, we see this in MLS all the time. There's plenty of players in the Mexican league who just out of nowhere get linked to MLS teams. And I think this is kind of the same situation. I mean, like what's, what does the agent have to lose by saying that Arsenal, Newcastle, top, I mean, he said half the damn premier league is interested in this one player who has one goal and one assist this season. That's yeah. to me is like, all right, I don't know. He's got 21 cash for the Mexican national team and one goal. All right. Like, is he really, he's not, is he the hottest prospect in Mexico right now? I don't think so. I'm going to say it's BS for that reason. I think it's a little bit of agent drama. Okay. But in terms we're, of – We're like in agent season, like I said. And... Yeah, you're right. You, we are in agent season. I think this one is the agent season one. The other one is like it's just not a need for Newcastle. Yeah. Um, but I think the interesting thing about uh, this this rumor is that, like you said, it makes sense for Newcastle where it's like if we can figure out a way to get a decent player – that's like one of the best players in this league, in Liga Mekki or in the, in the MLS, and we can get him for relatively cheap, we'll do it because that's good business in our eyes. Like if if like that's what happened with Miguel Amaron, and I'm sure that that's something they would do um, in this situation too, like if he's available. But if you remember, which I'm sure we remember and our listeners remember, with Miguel Amaron, it was like a wait to the last minute. So, I mean, there were plenty of teams interested in him, and they're put off by the initial price tag. But Newcastle, if this is legit and there is a ton of teams interested in him 
and they come back and they're like, all right, well, we want 30 million pounds from Newcastle's going to be that team that's going to be like, all right, you want 30 million pounds? We're going to wait till that price drops to 20 and maybe we'll, we'll consider it. So that's the only way I see this happening is that Newcastle wait until like the last day of the January transfer window and be like, all right, yeah, we'll take this guy. Sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, cool. So we have odds and ends now. Okay, love that. Uh, the first first odds and end is Carl Darlow. Elijah, tell us what happened with Carl, with good old Carl. It's, it's an interesting one. Uh, Carl Darlow was named to the October team of the month for uh, one of our favorite sites for stats, whoscored.com. So big congrats to Carl. Um, he did have a weird match this past one, but, you know, that I don't know if that counts for this who scored <laughs> for, for who scored. So, yeah, sure. Congrats, Carl. Congrats. Yeah, that it's it's I mean, he's been doing really well. So good job to you, Carl. Uh, keep it up. And thanks for not making us miss Dubrovka too much. So I appreciate it. On that note, uh, there was a there was a poll put out. There was a poll put up about NUFC 360. There's two things. One, this poll put in UFC 360 and said, is Carl Darlow going to start when he comes back? Like, is that a guarantee? So that's the first question I have for you. The second question is, is there an England player in this Newcastle squad? I mean, between Callum Wilson and Carl Darlow, given the issues that England have at those specific positions, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. Is there an England player in this Newcastle squad? I'm just letting it out there. It can marinate. I don't know. Uh, So I'm going to go with – so I think Dubrovka will start – so it depends. Okay, so it depends on when Dubrovka comes back. If it, if it's a top six side or top half side, maybe we'll keep with Darlow because he's in form. If it's a bottom half side, I think we'll start Dubrovka and see how he does. Uh, yeah. If he has a howler, that could be it for him. I mean, I think um, Darlow has done good enough to to prove that like he's won. Like Dubrovka's now, which was the clear obvious starter of every single match is a mistake or two away from just losing that spot because Darlow's played that well. So, yeah, I think it will be interesting. I don't think Darlow has – I don't think Darlow's the best – one of the top five keepers in the Premier League like Dubrovka can be. So I think that's what keeps Dubrovka in that spot for now. Yeah. What was the I other think, question? Oh, I'll just add to that. On on that okay. note, I think one of, the, one of the things that's interesting about Darlow is that – like Dubrovka does not really make a lot of mistakes with his distribution and he's a bit conservative with it, but Darlow this past match, like that was one of the things where I was like, dude, you cannot just be punting the ball to like whoever you think is open and they're just not open a lot of the time. So that could be Darlow's kind of Achilles heel going into this. And like you said, he's in form, um, but he's all, I think he's even more on the hot seat than, than Dubrovka where it's like, if Dubrovka's waiting in the wings and Darlow has a howler, like which I feel is more likely, like then it's like there's no chance he ever gets back to that that like starting again, like ever. Like even if Dubrovka messes up and has a howler, because Dubrovka's already had bad matches and has been able to like start the next match. But Darlow has not had a bad match and then 
like given the opportunity to start the next match. That has not happened. So I think like if he has a bad match at any point this season, like he's done. Um, and Dubrovka is going to take over. So I think all the pressure is way more on Darlo than Dubrovka. But again, he's kind of been of the of the mindset that he invites this pressure. He wants to prove that he's the number one keeper. He wants to play for the England national team. And that was my second question. Uh, is there an England national team uh, squad member in this squad, in, in this current Newcastle side, between Callum Wilson, who is right now in the golden boot race, and Carl Darlow, who has sneakily become, at a minimum, one of the best English goalkeepers uh, this season? Uh it, it just depends if they can keep this momentum and then if they could do exactly what they've been doing uh, in, in, by March and have done it through February, this, like Cal Wilson's still in the golden boot race and Carlo Dallas still doing very really well, then yes. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean like for the year. I just meant like in general. Like is there an opportunity in the November or December, not December, maybe Mar- eh, March? I guess the, it, March, March is the next be- one. Yeah, so I mean, I guess like there's potential for November, but I, I would so. imagine, yeah, I I could see Callum maybe in November. I mean, squads are already starting to come out for November, but England's usually much later than everyone else. Shout out to America. I mean, looking at that squad list, if you're an American and seeing all those different clubs everyone's at was literally like an orgasm. It was insane. Uh, so shout out to us. Um, but I could see Callum coming in. Because, like, the strike, like, I feel like Southgate's just trying to figure out what he wants to do up top, like, in terms of outside of Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane's obviously in there, but it's going to be really hard for him. And people give him a lot of, they give him a lot of crap when he doesn't uh, call up informed strikers. And Callum Wilson's very much informed, and Danny Ings is injured. Uh, that's what happened to Danny Ings. Like, he was very much informed. Everyone's like, why is he not playing? Why is he not in England squad? Blah, blah, blah. He's literally leading the league. And Southgate had to eventually give in. And I think because of that, he's going to probably do the same thing here with Callum Wilson, where it's like he's going to try to beat the pressure and be like, yeah, sure, I'll give him another shot, whatever. Who cares? Uh, Let's talk about call-ups. We have Ryan Fraser has gotten caught up. Um, So he's going to keep his place in the Scotland squad. And also the only other call-up right now is Miguel Almiron. Um, so he has the World Cup qualifiers for Paraguay. And then um, Ryan Fraser has um, the playoff final for the Euro 2020s against Serbia. And then a Nations League, two Nations League ties after that. So uh, good luck to Scotland and Ryan Fraser. Hopefully they can get into Euros. That'd be cool. And- yeah, I mean, and, and I think we kind of mentioned this earlier, Miguel, with uh, late – match with Bolivia we're probably going to not see him against Chelsea which they play that weekend I think he's got the Bolivia match November 18th and Chelsea November 19th or 20th so um, that'll be something to look out for and again it's still fairly early like not a lot of national teams have announced their squads yet so we'll see I'm sure there'll be more yep Uh, going to some loans so some loan players are doing really well right now Um, one of them is Elias Sorensen uh, he's at Almir City in the uh, uh, Erste Divisi, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Uh, so, uh, Almir City, they're the leaders. 
and he scored his first goal for them against Nac Breda, who's actually a pretty pretty big club for uh, in I guess relative. But they they won four to one against Ajax two on Friday, and Elias scored in that one as well. So they are uh, Elias, Elias is doing well, and two goals in two matches. Can't can't hate that. Um, yeah, love that. The other good news is Jake Turner is turning up at Morecambe. He's getting clean sheets as a goalkeeper. Uh, Freddie Woodman is doing the exact same thing, except uh, tonight uh, or today, uh, Ivan Tony did score against Freddie Woodman. So uh, ramp up the Ivan Tony for, uh, like, can't believe Newcastle let him go talks. And then Kellen Watts on his birthday, he's still starting every single match. Uh, they won four to two in league one against Swindon town. So nice, nice birthday win. Kel started and, and completed the whole match. The one interesting thing to look out for is I was really excited for the Jack Young uh, loan to Tranmere, Tranmere Rovers. Uh, they're in league two. They don't have a manager right now, uh, but Jack okay. has not been in the squad, has not been named in the squad at all for two straight games. There's no reason for it. I can't find out why. So if anybody knows, let me know. But uh, that's pretty odd. Um, yeah, so that's one thing to mention. Uh, Muto is coming off the bench for Ibar. Lejeune is starting every match for Alave. Lejeune <laughs> just shut down Messi. That was yeah. a big headline. So, yeah. um, I mean, it, it's interesting. If Newcastle did not have two straight good defensive matches, people would be like, oh, why did we let Florian Lejeune come on loan? Again, like we said this, like we wanted, this is great for Newcastle. If Florian Lejeune is is playing the entire season and looks good, that is wonderful news for Newcastle. Uh, you love to see that. That's great. Love that. Want to hear that, uh, Greg? Real quick, I because you kind of mentioned it. The Ivan Tony Adam Armstrong hype trains have been absurd this past uh, couple weeks. Do you have any comments on that? As someone who followed and and you know really was a big part of covering the youth team. And still is a big part of covering you team. You understand uh, these guys when they were prospects, when they were going out on loan. Is the hype real, or, or are people just overreacting? Uh, so the hype is is definitely worthy. Um, but like I, you know, the the one thing that I'm, I'm trying to be a realist. Like if if this was a Newcastle loanee and they had ten goals in the championship in the start of November, I'd be hype. You'd be hearing about that right now. Uh, but from because now they're on the outside, yeah. I have a little bit more of a less biased approach to looking at it. And like Dwight Gale is a pretty good championship striker. And so is Alexander Mitrovic. And they're not that good in the Premier League. So like I so, yes, yeah. they're, well, they're hey, doing well, well right just now. Had an assist. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, so it's like, you know, you just have to have to temper that with like. Okay, they're doing well in a lower division. Yeah, they would absolutely each score five against Sunderland, but Callum yeah. Wilson would score twelve against Sunderland. So yeah, that's yeah. that's just the way I like I, I look at that. So yes, they're doing great. Yeah. Now now let's see because right now DeAndre Yedlin has scored more Premier League goals than them. Uh, Tim Howard has scored more Premier League goals than both of them combined. <laughs> so like let's you know, let's see what they can do if they can get promoted and, and come up here. So, but it's, it's great for them. I'm sure like they're buzzing, they're hype. I'm sure the fans are going nuts. So it's, it's really cool. I just like, 
I just don't get why Newcastle fans like I I see the correlation and like I said I would be the first person screaming down through your ears about them if this they were Newcastle players still but they're not so I'm going to be a realist. Yeah, I mean and also like we're in a really good situation here where we have a striker that is four times as good as either one of them. So it's it I mean I would get it if Joel Linton was still our striker and it's like man, like we could have had these guys over Dwellington. And it's like, sure, because, yeah, Dwight Gill had more goals last year than Dwellington in the prime. Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think for me that that player is like Kevin Bobby. Like he had a breakout season last year. So did Florian Tovan uh, two years ago. And it was like, yes, like it is – I mean, yeah, they we sold them. But, like we sold them because they were not premierly quality players. Like – I'm not shocked Florian Tovan is doing well in league uh because he was doing well in league uh like like that that seems to be his speed like he is a French player and he is in league uh which is not particularly like a league that is as physical as the Premier League. So yes, I'm yeah, I'm glad for him. It's good for him. Would Florian Tovan be really good at Newcastle right now? I personally don't think so. Um so yeah, it's the same thing. Kevin Mbappé like would Kevin Mbappé be good at Newcastle right now? Maybe, but like being a good fullback on in the Bundesliga does not mean you're going to be a good fullback in the Premier League. Uh, we know that because we've had good fullbacks who or not sorry, just good players from the Bundesliga who on paper, they are great players and they are like worthy of getting their internationals. Yoshinori Muto was a Jap is a Japanese international was the best player. on his. You know, yeah. Let's get it. Yeah, like like these these guys are good players in the Bundesliga, and they were international players, and they they were making waves and all that kind of stuff. But they stunk in the Premier League. Like Yoshinori Muto, if you give me Yoshinori Muto versus Joel Linton right now, I'm still gonna take Joel Linton. I don't I don't care. Like Yoshinori Muto's had his opportunities; he's been decent, but nothing crazy. At least I know Joel Linton can like win some balls and play defense. Like he's at least a physical specimen. Like that's what he has over Joel, over Yoshinori Muto. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a bit over the, the Tony and Adam Armstrong talk, but especially Adam Armstrong. Like he had so many opportunities in Newcastle to, to prove himself. And I get people can be, he can be a late bloomer, but like, geez, like let's give it a rest. I think Ivan Tony obviously didn't get his, he didn't get a lot of opportunities, but Adam Armstrong, like he was, he was supposed to be, the next big thing. And we wanted them all to be the next big thing. And he just wasn't at Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, next update is Newcastle United women. They moved on in the Vitality Women's FA Cup. They beat Sunderland West End 4-1. to one. We had Rhiannon Gray with two goals. Anna Soulsby with a goal. And Georgia Gibson scoring. So they advanced. And they actually, uh, we, we got to see who they drew next and it's going to be Burnley. I'm just double checking. Uh, oh man, I lost it. Oh, Barnsley. Yeah. Barnsley's women's football club. Um, and it will be a home tie for Newcastle United women. It was scheduled to be November 15th, but as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, there will be a lockdown starting on, uh, November 5th to December 2nd. Uh, and, um, all women's national league fixtures will be suspended during that period. So uh, we hope that they come back strong and silk it to continue their run in the, in the women's FA cup and 
uh, wish them all the best. Yeah, they've been they've been like the past couple of matches. They've been very good. So yeah, hate to kind of pause things in the middle of of, of a team gaining a little bit for. Yeah, U twenty threes. They had a they had a, a heck of a, a match against yeah. Reading. I, I posted this like the day before the match because I was I was excited about this one. Um, Newcastle U23s haven't done well against Reading, but this was the first match at Reading's new training facilities. They had a completely brand new 50 million pound training facility uh, with state-of-the-art equipment that Reading U23s now play at. So it was interesting to see that Reading's doing so well in the championship. Uh, they're, they're top of the table by a good yeah, bit. Yeah. And they and then just coincides with this state-of-the-art facilities i'm just wondering but um big goal we got a we had a uh a top 20 prospect score elliot anderson got it in the 18th and uh so that was that was great we we had that happen and then uh cross uh bradley cross got his first goal in the 88th minute uh he was the schalke uh former schalke u23s player from south africa so he got his first goal with us so that's pretty cool I need to see the I need to see the highlights from that because <laughs> it was a whole lot of uh, just yeah crap happening yeah because Newcastle tweeted that like initially I think they said Elliot Anderson got the goal they and did. then they said Rodrigo Vilca got the goal and then yeah. after the match they're like no actually it was Bradley Cross so I'm just very <laughs> curious to see like what this goal was like I don't really care about any p- other parts of the match but this one goal yeah. Uh, so some interesting news with this is, uh, we started two unnamed trialists. They were listed as trialist and trialist in the lineup. Um, but soccer way identified them for us. Uh, so it's ex Stoke city U23s defender, Scott Wara, and then, uh, former Manchester United U23s midfielder, Dion McGee, uh, both players, uh, were recently released from their clubs. Uh, uh, Wara, He's a he's Fijian, by the way, would be the first Fijian okay. uh, player for Newcastle, I, I guess. Uh, but he was uh, playing for Wrexham in the preseason. And McGee, Deion McGee, is only 20. And he was playing for uh, Grunter Firth. Grunter Firth. Uh, it's really hard for me to say for whatever reason. Uh, earlier yeah. this month. Bundesliga um, spy team. But it's reported that Deion McGee was also on trial for Spurs. However, I've not been able to confirm that. So, but um, so the interesting thing I saw this found it funny on NUFC.com is we have a like League of Nations squad in the U23s now. Um, so we have a Fijian, uh, Francolette is Guadeloupe international, uh, South Africa with Bradley Cross, Morocco with Lazar. Uh, we have Rodrigo Vilca from Peru. Yannick Toure from Senegal. Um, we have the new signing in Indalicio in from France. Um, and then the rest are England. But uh, we also have a, an American. Uh, and uh, the guy, I always forget his name, that scored a goal. Or that uh, play. Uh, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Scott. There you go. Yeah, Kyle Scott. Yeah. Got it. Uh, so, yeah. So it's we have a just an entire League of Nations U23 team, <laughs> which is not very common to have. The other U23 news is we have a new trialist that was brought in and reported on Sunday. The trialist is so we, we want to talk about Ivan Tony. You want to talk about Adam Armstrong? Okay. Guys, 
misplaced. Let's talk about Sedwin Scott. Oh. 20 goals in nine matches in all competitions this year. We just I think I think about you're for, I'd say yes. you're forgetting the 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 level of competition, but yeah, yes, he did. He does have 20 goals in all competitions. Uh with Hebron Town. <laughs> um, they are they're seven points clear of the Northern League Division One table. Just just letting you know. But uh he's 21 years old, he's a striker. Uh, was at Huddersfield Towns Academy, uh, but made his first senior appearance in Scotland on uh, with spells with Dundee, Berwick Rangers, and Four Far Athletic. Okay. Um, but he's he went on trial at Darlington, but uh, in last year, but joined Dunstan UTS before moving to Hepburn in 2020. So he's bouncing around. Uh, Newcastle brought him in and he's going to be here for about a month. It seems like Sunderland were really trying to get him and he chose to come on trial with us first. So that's hilarious. Anytime we can win a little battle with that. So we'll see how Sedwin does. You know, I'm about, about to update y'all on that, but um, 20 goals in nine, pretty, pretty decent. Um, yeah. The last update for you is the U18s played Liverpool. It did not go well. They lost four to one. <laughs> yeah. It did not go well. Not at all. So, uh, oh, uh, Lucas DeBall scored. And he's oh, actually having a pretty good start to the season. So, good for him. Love that. Uh, Elijah, anything to add to the odds and ends? Uh, no, I don't think I have anything. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Newcastle to play Southampton this weekend. I'm super pumped. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that's going to conclude episode 153 of CHN Radio. Uh, International break is coming up, y'all. So if you are a Newcastle supporter that is currently not living in Newcastle and you'd like to share your story of how you became a Newcastle supporter and what it's like being from where you are, we'd love to hear from you. DM us. Uh, We we do it. We're going to be doing it for every international break. So love to hear your stories on that. But other than that, that concludes this podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chalk. That's the best jam coast in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this is the best song in the world coming home to Newcastle. Let's get three points on Friday and away the last. Love you guys. It's like sitting inside a fridge, but I wish I was on the case side. Looking at the old time bridge, I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land some people think we're body and we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home. And I'm 
dusty old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the darkness in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Henny Howie. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again. Brave the dog is in James's pocket.